Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Yehuda Kagan, VP of Marketing at DI Central. Yehuda, thanks for being here. Sure. Yep. Thanks for having me. So say a few words about DI Central and about your role there. Sure. DI Central is a, a B2B integration company, and we've recently started to include API integration as part of our service offerings. And so really it enables our clients to integrate with their trading partners and collaborate with their trading partners and integrate all that data across their backend systems. And my role here is uh, we, I lead the marketing team, and uh, I've been blessed with a wonderful team to work, that's working with me. And our, for the most part, our team is tasked with uh, three main tenants. It's the uh, elevation of the brand, uh, making it easier for customers to want to partner with us, lead generation, right, engaging with the right customers, and, and sales enablement. Grease the skids, if you will, mm-hmm. for this for the sales team. Now, on your LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. under your current job description, there's some language there that caught mm-hmm. my eye. And I want to talk about it. Now, you write, and I'm quoting here, the information we provide, and meaning we, meaning your marketing team, must be intelligent and meaningful for those we pursue and serve. And that's an easy statement to agree with. I think any marketer would agree that marketing content does, in fact, need to be intelligent and meaningful for your audience. But there's, but there's a lot going on in that sentence in my mind. So I'd like to unpack it a little bit. We'll start with intelligent. Talk about what what intelligent means to you in terms of content. Intelligent is like having, you know, it's like having an intelligent conversation with your audience. Just think about it like if you're talking to like a friend of yours, doesn't really know what you do, but they know they want to, they're looking into something that you provide. And and, and you just go into a whole diatribe about, it's like just either a pitch which people don't necessarily want to hear, at least not at the front end, or, or it's just a more formulaic, right, encyclopedic. And people, again, it's you wouldn't talk that way to a friend, and you wouldn't talk that way to someone you trust. And so if you're trying to build trust with an audience, why would you talk to them in that way, right? Try to, you know, invoke some additional thought, right? Try to bring something new to the table, because you don't want to upset them either. They come to your website for some reason looking for more information, and it's the same kind of regurgitated definition that someone else or, or take that someone else may have had for the last 10, 20, 30 years, depending on how old your industry is. But people want to have new ways of thinking. Folks that I've met that are successful, they're always looking for new ways to gain that edge. So if they can find those new ways and you can invoke some thought, I think that's when you start that process of engaging with them. Because if it's just a one and done, that's not an engagement. It's a quick hello, quick goodbye, and then you don't hear from them again. And that's certainly not what you want as a marketer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, then part of what you mean by intelligent is content that makes people think, content Mm -hmm. that sparks a discussion. Is that fair to say? I think so. Okay. Now, it's not just intelligent. You want content that's intelligent and meaningful. Yeah. So let's turn to that term. So how is meaningful different than intelligent or how do those two complement each other? Meaningful, I think, is the punchline, right? So once you get them thinking a new way, you don't want to leave them hanging and thinking, okay, well, now what? Okay, so now I'm thinking a new way. What do you got for me now? You don't want to get to a point where you're just you know, leading them off the cliff and then they're thinking that kind of ended abruptly. Right? You just gave me a new perspective and what am I supposed to do with that new perspective? It could be a call to action, but I think you, you, you provide some tips and recommendations and thoughts on how to 
curate and build that process that you build off of that, those new thoughts, how to take that in another direction, some meaningful and maybe practical advice of what they can do from there. It's, it's, for me, it's meaningful to get people to think that's true. But if you provide some, some grounded advice on how they can you know, proceed from there, how to build a better process, how to work around certain things and uh, certain challenges and circumvent certain challenges. I think that's when that's the continuation of that, that seminal thought that kind of gets people thinking. So you can't just leave them there. You go from, from that seminal thought, that idea saying, that's a good point. I'd never thought of it that way. And then you, you, you lead them into a little bit more broader understanding of that concept. And then you bring it down to the, into the emotional side of it. And as you, we know, people buy primarily off of that emotion. And again, you don't ever want to provide content with the idea of persuading someone. You, you just want to get them to think to some degree. Right. But really, you do want to persuade people, right? You're not just yeah, putting the content I, I, out I there just for them. the sake of doing it. The end game is to draw people toward the solution that you offer, you're, but you're just not shoving it in their face. I mean, I think there's some level of persuasion, but you want them to come to that realization themselves. You don't want to throw it in their face to the degree of like, if you don't do this, your business is going to fall apart. Revenue is going to drop. Interactivity is going to decrease or anything like that. You don't want to be more threatening. You want them to, maybe to, in a sense, you're persuading them, but it's, again, you know, you and I talked about this off, online. It's just an exchange of ideas. And yeah. it, it, if you go too far, and a lot of people do, it, then I think you, you lose them, right? So you build up all this momentum and then you take it too far and then you, and then they don't come back again. So I think what you have to do is just provide that that level of comfort to the your audience, right? It's a, whether it's an end user or a decision maker or an influencer, and you want to get them to the point where where they feel comfortable with you, and they they feel comfortable with you providing recommendations or insights or suggestions, and, and that's where you want. Because if, if you just provide, again, boring thought, they're not even going to engage in the first place. But if you provide some engaging or what we call intelligent thought. Great. So now you pull them in, but then you have to provide them some meaningful advice or some practical advice and, and next steps and how could they can continue that process because then they might think it's just some sort of pie in the sky, ethereal concept that's you know, that cannot be brought down to practical, meaningful yeah. advice. Yeah. So it sounds like the relationship between like theory and praxis, th that there's the concept, but the concept is only as good as you as how you apply it and the return that you get from applying it yeah there's no question the professors that i had in, in a university are those that the best professors i should say are those that that were either an adjunct professor or had some experience in the, in the business world so it wasn't just theory it was here here's how this actually works in the real world and and then so that's what you want to do with your content you want to have provide some real life scenarios some real life experience you want to come from a from an area of experience where Again, you're building that trust not based on some sort of conjecture, some sort of a, you know, slick talking, but you want to build that trust based on what you actually provide to them. And today, marketing isn't what you say. It's, it's what you do for people, right? And when you're providing this meaningful content or intelligent, thoughtful, thought-provoking and meaningful content, then you start building that trust, as, as I mentioned. Trust is a key word there. And I think the other element of this is that it's all aimed at the customer or the at the prospect, right? It's not about you and your products and how amazing they are. It's about the customer and what's on their mind and their business and business problems and, and how your insights into that 
your thoughts, your ideas, and how to apply them in a real-life way, that's where the trust comes from, right? Your ability to articulate those things. Well, it's not just the articulate, but it's how you treat them. And, and again, it goes back to providing that intelligent content. If you're going to treat them as almost like uninformed or unintelligent, and I don't think they'll be insulted, but they'll say they're talking to me as if I don't really know what I'm talking about or, if I, or for everything that I've had up until this point is wrong or something like that. You have to be very respectful of, the, of their what they know or what they don't know. I mean, it cuts both ways, right? You don't want to be too uppity, but at the same time, you don't want to be too presumptive that they do know something. That's a delicate balance. And I think that's where kind of persona-based marketing, if you will, comes in. You have different types of messaging for different types of audiences. Yeah. And it's certainly a big part of how we go to market. Oh, that's interesting. So intelligent also means it's not just our content is smart and it shows off how smart we are. It also has to do the trick of not talking down to the reader or mm -hmm. to the consumer and kind of honoring their intelligence, somehow engaging their intelligence maybe is a good way to put it. Yeah, and again, and, and the, the way I usually like to think about it is just imagine you're talking to a friend, and, and the way you talk to a friend is probably the way you should probably talk to your audience. And that's part of what market research is about to some degree, right? Your friend, right? And so you have to know your audience in certain areas. Obviously, you know, marketing is can be somewhat broad, and I, I understand that. But so, the, but the more you, the better you know your audience, the more you can speak intelligently and and, and you know, to some degrees, respectfully to, to what to what they're looking for or what you think that that might um, work for them. And when you're talking to your friend, you're also not trying to pull the wool or, or persuade them of anything in particular. You engage them to the point where they trust you, not just because you're intelligent, not because you're knowledgeable, but you've respected them. You've given them some level of respect so that they feel that they can trust you. And I think a big part of that is they can sense that you get them that you're in tune with them and that you're not just talking at them or lecturing them. It, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. You're having, as you said, it's an exchange. It's a back and forth. And you're just as interested in what they have to say in response to what you're saying. It's a two-way, it's it's an engagement. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Look, look on that note, I was just, I'll give you how it practically helped us once. When, when I first came to the company uh, close to six years ago, I would do a lot of digging with some of my colleagues uh, on what makes DI Central special, right? What, what helps us stand out from some of our competition. And it took, it took some digging here and there because obviously those are things that are important for a marketer. And it came down to a few things, one of which was our in-house expertise. And a lot of our competitors outsource some of that expertise, but our in-house expertise drives some of our innovation and our, our and some of our solutions, or, or the majority of them, I should say, if not all of them. And so for us, it was, we could talk, you know, till we're blue in the face and how great we are. But if it's our people that really make this so special, our solution so special and our managed services offering so unique, then why don't we showcase our people? And that's what gave it gave life to our, our webinar series. And our webinar series was intended to do just that, right? Engage, kind of showcase some of our people, put people in the the in, in the customer chair, and give them a taste of what it'd be like to working with us and our experts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. That's smart. So now your profile on LinkedIn also says that your marketing is based on research. Mm -hmm. So what sort of research? At Central, we partnered with some universities 
on research-based studies to, you know, on one hand, give back to the industry that have certainly given us a lot. And then on the other hand, to also better understand the broader market and help our clients understand the broader market and help benchmark their position against their peers. So th what this does is, <coughs> again, and, that, and this is probably part of the, the brand elevation tenets of our of the marketing job description, if you will. So we align ourselves with thought leaders such as we've partnered with the Supply Chain Institute at University of Tennessee. We're doing the same now with the Center for Supply Chain Research at Lehigh University. And we've, we're not just resting on our own expertise because that's by definition, that'll be finite, right? When you reach out to partners and you work with others, you've, you learn more um, about your audience, you learn about more about the industry, and you want to, and, and that's how you, know, you and I were talking offline about this a little bit about the social media and the aspect of how things just get around the world and you know in no time flat. I mean that that's how you want to. People like to share things that are interesting, and so we do the same thing, if you will, with some of our research partners, right? So we'll partner with mm -hmm. some of these universities, and we'll take that information. Obviously, as we as we learn it and we we share it with our audience, you just like I said, we like you want to share it with a with a good friend that wants to know a little bit more about what you do and a little bit more about how they can engage with you. That that's what I mean, and it, that helps us not only build trust, but it helps us learn more about about our audience and 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 how to engage with them, and it, it helps us a little bit how yeah. about our audience and not just engage with them, but how to build solutions that resolve their uh, business challenges. Well, I, I think that's impressive, the fact that you partner with these institutions to do actual research. I, I think that can really make a difference. I know when I consume content, it, it, you, can all, it's, you can tell when content is research-based simply because it will quote the research <laughs> often. And so you know that this isn't just mainly opinion, right? Or there being the, I'm seeing content that's being very transparent about its sources, Here's why we're making right. this claim, and here's why we're making it, because here's the evidence to right. back it, it up. That's just basic. That's how you make a persuasive argument or how you ultimately persuade people of things, that it's not just opinion. There's Here's how and why we've come to these conclusions. That can be very powerful if it's done in the right way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So now you guys have a lot of content on the websites. You mm -hmm. have the Digital Supply Chain Academy as a whole section mm -hmm. with a ton of content just in there. But even outside of that, you mentioned webinars, you have white papers, studies, a blog, case studies, videos. That's a lot of content to maintain. Mm -hmm. So what are the challenges that you face as the leader of this team in maintaining high levels of intelligence and meaning across all those different types. I think you put it very well, right? So when you're when you're building a persuasive argument or, or you're trying to build that trust and then, you know, you don't want to make it about yourself. And when you're and the same goes when you're producing content, if, when you're producing it for yourself, it can be very challenging to maintain an intelligent and a meaningful cadence uh, of content. But when you're producing content with your customer's goals in mind, there's never a shortage of news, different events, black swan events, particularly in supply chain where processes and technologies, these things are evolving every day. So nearly every day presents a new challenge. So if you look at it that way 
and, and you're trying to help your clients. So you just say, I'm going to take that expertise that I know. I'm going to apply it to this particular event or this particular challenge or this particular evolution into it. For example, the evolution from brick and mortar to e-commerce, right? And you take those different challenges and you just provide that you know content or your expertise. You apply that expertise to these particular challenges. So it, it's, again, when... You hit it on the head. You know, when you're producing content for yourself, it can be challenging. But when you're doing it with your customers' goals in mind, they have an unlimited supply, seemingly, of challenges. And, and you want to be there to meet those challenges. So you present data, data or at least expertise and recommendations based on data that can help them. So focusing on the needs of your customers isn't just generally a good thing to do. It's actually it, it helps you produce better content, right? Oh, no, there's no question. There's no question. Better content is content that's interesting and that's engaging with your customers. And if it's all about you, you're not going to engage with them. We've covered a lot of ground, a lot of really good insights here. <laughs> Let's leave our listeners with an actionable insight. So for, for listeners who maybe are struggling a little bit with their content and they know it could be better and they want it to be more intelligent, more meaningful, if you had to pick just one thing to take that first step, what would it be? Honesty. I know it sounds simple, right? It sounds right. But you got to believe in what you're marketing. Like I said, you got to believe in what your marketing or content or both will ultimately help your clients or how it will help your clients and prospects. And then be honest about it with yourself. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, we spend so much time on a white paper or a webinar or a study, whatever it may be. And but you got to be honest about it, right? Be honest with yourself. You use statistics or like I said, analytics, web analytics, email analytics, chat analytics, revenue analytics, or whatever way you choose to to measure yourself. But you have to use those measurements and keep to those measurements and always tweak, always, right? Don't tweak to the point where you paralyze yourself, but continue to improve on what you're doing. But I, you know, you always start with something. With, with being honest with yourself and being honest with your with, with your customer or your customer base or your prospect base, because that's I, it sounds simple, but a lot of folks that I've you know worked with, not at DS Central of course, but a lot of folks that I've worked with, they don't they they understand it, but they lose sight of it. Excellent advice, and we there's lots more to say. We could talk about we could keep going, but we got to wrap it up. So Yehuda, thanks a ton mm -hmm. for your time and for a really great conversation. Sure. Yeah, I had a, I had a fun time. I, I hope your uh, listeners find it useful. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.